Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. I'm Erin. This is our Seventh Heaven podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will talk about season 11, episode 9 of Seventh Heaven, the title of which is Thanks and Giving. The IMDb user synopsis is Ruthie's run in with airport security delays the family's return home. Angered that her one way ticket triggered a search during a layover in New York, Ruthie sarcastically remarks, I'm a terrorist which causes Officer Keaton of the Port Authority Police forced to detain Ruthie, Eric, and Annie for questioning. At home, Lucy finds the Camden kitchen overrun with casseroles and flowers from parishioners concerned over Eric's health. Fortunately, Lucy's calm confidence and positive attitude about Eric's heart condition lessens the anxieties of church members. While Margaret and the twins plan a musical welcome home for Eric, T-Bone, and Jane, brainstorm a special gift for him. In New York, Officer Keaton confides in Eric that his fiance of five years, who's flying to London that night, refuses to marry him because she's afraid she might lose him in the line of fire. Later, Lucy inspires the family's neighbor, Mrs. Beaker, with her faith and strength, while Eric gives a speech at the airport, emphasizing the need to live without fear despite the terrorist acts of September 11, 2001. In addition, he tracks down Officer Keaton's fiance and performs a gateside wedding ceremony. To her surprise, Sandy discovers Mac's friendly visit is actually a spy mission on behalf of Martin, who wants to know if Sandy is dating Simon, which she isn't. That evening, the Camdens arrive home to a rousing chorus of This Land is Your Land, performed by Margaret and the Twins. Up in their bedroom, Annie and Eric are surprised to find T-Bone and Jane's gift, an adjustable bed donated by a parishioner. Um, We have nothing to say. That's it. Right. That was long. Also, oh, I see. I did mess up when I was reading. Yeah, I'm looking at the punctuation now. Yeah, it was, you know, uh, while Margaret and the twins plan a musical welcome home for Eric. Period. Comma. Oh. It's wild. Uh, That's not, that's a fragment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So that was, yeah, because I was like, it sounded like the welcome home for Eric, (laughs) T-Bone, and Jane. (laughs) I was like, okay. So. Um, yeah, that was the episode. So what was your first impression? Um, I don't, uh, okay. All right. I'm going to say some things. It's 2007. Six. We are in November 2006. I thought it was 2007. It was 2006. Okay. Um, they are doing this episode re-fear in airports post 9-11, five years after 9-11, it's still too soon. Um, but also, it's just... Like, why are... They're assassinating Ruthie's character, and it... Like, I wasn't ever Ruthie's biggest fan, as you've all heard in my, like, episodes, but I got, like, the appeal of her character being this, like, too smart for her own good kind of whatever person. But her, like, blase, I don't give a shit, she's kind of mimicking Jane a- attitude in this season, and, like, her, like, well, I'm not, like, what makes you look at me and, like, call me a terrorist named Curly Top and, like, all this shit. I don't know. It's, like, it's bullshit. And then I have the Rev do this, like, I'm saving the day and we shouldn't live in fear, like, stuff. It It's misplaced timing-wise. It's out of nowhere episode-wise. And, like, it makes, well, like, why is it there? It makes absolutely no sense. All right, well. Yeah, they, they didn't need this whole airport scene. I don't know why they decided to go with it. And no one cares about this cop and his fiance. He was actually an NYPD officer, but he kept telling them 
he was going to report, like, refer them to the Port Authority. But anyway, so the cold open, yes, Curly Top. Um, that's, they're in the fakest airport ever because the person who designed this set I don't think has ever been to an airport. Um, and Ruthie is still, like, unsatisfied, like, still mm-hmm. expressing her uh, dissatisfaction with being forced to come home and she's just complaining like many about people America. on their first trip yeah. abroad when they come back they're like she's like oh this you know I guess yes because I guess when they got to uh, the United States that there was some sort of they were like questioning her a little bit more thoroughly because she had a one way ticket mm-hmm. so um, she's like oh no terrorist has ever looked like me and she's a little bit racist and, oh a lot bit racist yeah um, oh and she's also just like oh this didn't happen at the airport in Glasgow or Heathrow. Um, or she said London. Or did she say Heathrow? Well, whatever. She's like, why is it happening in New York? And I just want to say, well, we said yeah. they flew for, like, they were in Edinburgh. And for some reason, they flew from Edinburgh to Glasgow. And then they went to London yeah. to go back to New York. And then they're Then go to L.A. So what's good? Like, why? Um, and I don't Doesn't know. Doesn't Glenelg have its own airport, though? Why would they be flying to L.A.? Um, Glen Oak has Glen Oak does, own, does have, have an airport, has been represented yeah. before. I just, I guess because, like, I don't know. If the, they were making a fake airport, there was they a could fa- make fake announcements. Yeah, there was a fake airport announcement that was, like, New York to L.A., like, boarding, and now, you're right, it doesn't make sense. They would be yeah. flying to L.A. Um, so that when Glen Oak has been, it's canon, there's, there's a Glen Oak yeah. airport. Um Oh, well, so, yeah, so Ruthie keeps saying things pretty loudly about, she's like, oh, yeah, you got me, like, I'm a hijacker, and other passengers sitting in the area are looking around, and Annie is just like, shut up, and that's, like, it, Yeah, they talk about it, privileges versus rights, like, she's yeah. able to go back into the country that she calls home, even though she's, like, saying about, like, a lot of anti-American stuff, and then Officer Keaton's like, I need to speak with you, and that's kind of... Well, that doesn't happen, no. Isn't that the cold open? No, it's not in the cold open. That happens after. But anyway, um, we'll get back to that later. So, I mean, we're not hiding the ball on anything. That synopsis gave away everything. So, back to... uh, So, after the cold open, I mean, we're going to start with Sandy's storyline because it's pretty small and insignificant. Mm -hmm. Um, Mac's Mac shows up again, and it's, like, unexpected, and he's just like, I'm here to see you this time. And after he gets, like, she invites him in, and he pulls out his phone, and he dials a number, and he just goes, I'm in, and hangs up. Um, so what's going on here is he's coming under the ploy that he is really upset about the news about the Rev. It has traveled far and wide, um, and he just wants to talk to somebody, and Martin's with his father and his son at an airbase because it's Thanksgiving, and that's what they do every Thanksgiving. So both Sandy and him are alone, so they're spending Thanksgiving together, you know, talking about how sad they are, about the Rev dying, and his enlarged heart, and blah, blah, blah. But really, we find out that he's there because Martin wants to know if Sandy is talking to Simon. Remember the real romance of the of the show, Sandy uh, and Simon. That's could like have been end game. So, um, but as our yeah, he's not like she's not. She's like no, and because they couldn't pay David Gallagher, so yeah, <laughs> that was like a, a you know like a ten second. The version, but okay. So I mean, that's really it. Uh, I would just like to say that the chem, like, there's more chemistry between Mac and Sandy than there ever has been between Martin and Sandy. Obviously, it never doesn't reach Sandy and Simon levels, but they have more of like a thing going on. Than well, I mean, because 
I think that that's this case because Martin pushed her away for so long, and then like now he's like, oh, now we're like friends, and it's like you never saw. Yeah, he was never per- like, and Mac is just being like he's a just normal a person. He's like, person. Yeah, yeah, he's just like uh, you know talking. So there was never any of this like kind of wall up that there was that Martin had. Um, so back at back in Glen Oak uh, at the Cam Casa, we open with I think this is right after the cold yeah. open. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-Bone and Jane and Margaret are all, like, doing the most half-assed job of washing dishes that I've ever seen. And they have a ton of dishes because uh, a lot of the church, now that the word is out in Glen Oak that the Rev is sick, um, people, like, parishioners have been sending, um, like, food and stuff. And I don't know. They, like, don't, and I don't know, T-Bone, they're all ungrateful about the food. Um, I don't know. They're like gonna throw out all the dishes yeah, and like it. and Lucy. Someone said like Lucy. Lucy tells them she's like I think that the you have to. She was like clean those and then give them back to the people. Well, who, no. Well, she's saying don't throw out the food because they're throwing out the food oh, yeah, and then cleaning the throwing. dishes. He's like give the food away, give the flowers away, clean, get this place cleaned clean up, clean the dishes and return the yeah. dishes to the owners. Um, and it's basically like go team. Like they want to make the house all nice and welcome for the return of Ruthie, uh, the Rev, and Annie. Ruthie, who they've never who they've never, never. met. Um, so this kind of gets them into their separate storylines. Margaret's entire thing is she's entertaining the boys and kind of figuring out the best, like, return gift for, like, to help the boys for when their dad comes home. Whereas, um, Jane and T-Bone are in charge of getting rid of the food, getting rid of the flowers, and, like, also trying to figure out how to welcome the Rev home. Um, Margaret's whole thing ends up being this, like, secret project, um, which we'll get to in a a little in like, ten seconds. And, uh, Jane and T-Bone's decision is, let's, like, get a bed donated by one of the parishioners at Bedorama, which is the, their, like, bed store in Glen Oak. And, um... They're sleepies. Because, you know, he needs to rest and he needs to, like, be able to sleep and whatever, so let's get him a good bed. And that's, like, the thing that they get him, where... And Margaret decides that, like, because they're coming home to America... I think that's the... She is dressed as the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And the twins are wearing, like, just, like, top hats, like, plastic hats with, like stars and stripes on them and they have flags yeah and she as again in the synopsis when the rev annie and ruthie arrive home she sings all of the verses of this land is Is your land land. this land is my land this land okay so yeah which there are a million verses of that song so i think that was the and we see a lot of it and then there was actually a part where like faded to black to indicate that there was a commercial break and he came back from the commercial break and we're supposed to get the idea that, like, oh, my God, they were singing the whole time that, you know, so... Yeah. Anyway, it's strange. Um, And I also was, like, not totally comfortable with the fact that, like, Margaret was, like, babysitting the twins because I'm like, who is this? Um, Also, we were trying to figure out what the age range of, like, the three new people are. So we know T-Bone is in high school. He's a high... Or, like, a high schooler, right? Um, Well, they said he's a junior, so, like, 16 or 17. Jane, I think, is mentioned to be 19, uh, which I think plays... I think she looks more like she's in her 20s, but that plays for television. Margaret, however, is... I feel like it's supposed to be in the same age range as Jane, but... But she's clearly, like, in her, like, late 20s. She's, like... like, Yeah, she looks real old, but, but like... she looks way older than the other two. Um, Which, whatever. And um, so while this is going on, Lucy's kind of, like 
be, like going to see parishioners. Parishioners are going to go see her. And well, the parishioners are freaking out. Yeah. That's the yeah. because they're like, oh my god, the rev is going to die. What are we going to do? And so Lucy was like, you know, at a certain point, she's like, I have to get to the church because like there are a lot of parishioners that want to talk to me. I have to go comfort them. And this is when, you know, when she yeah. gives everybody their task to, like, clean up the house. So at the church, we get Mrs. Beaker we back. We get Lou first. Oh, we, yeah. Um, Lou's I, whole thing is that he doesn't want to lose, like, Lucy, like he, they're losing the Rev. Because Lucy is acting very positive and very upbeat for the fact that her father's dying. But also for the fact that she also lost her kids a few, like, I mean, sorry. She, like, had mi- a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you should look after yourself and see someone. And she's like, or I should live my best life. Yeah. And then, then we see Mrs. Beaker. And yeah, she, oh, well, my note is uh, rude bitch thinks Lucy has a mental illness because Lucy is just general, like, she's not like overwhelmingly cheery. She's just like nor- her normal self. And Mrs. Beaker is like, why aren't you like just so distraught? How can you even like be here right now? And Lucy's just like, this is how life is, and I'm dealing with it. Like, it's, I could, like, you know, refuse to go on with my life, or I can live it. Um, so Mrs. Beaker is just like, something's wrong with her now. She's she's too cheery about this. But I did, was thinking, we did, because she was like, I just have a positive outlook on life. But I'm like, fast forward, like, well, back backtrack to, like, eight episodes ago, she was not hand like handling other trauma this way, but, and she's never handled trauma well. Right. So this is a little bit out of like because at first I was like, yeah, that's like how she is, but then I was like, oh, it actually isn't. Mm-mm-mm. It's pretty out of character that she like isn't distraught and also making things about herself. So, um, but I don't know. Like the end game of that is just like I don't know. Like Lucy's reassuring people and whatever. I don't know. Um, Lucy's, I think, in this season especially now towards these like these batch of episodes has grown into a character I really like. I think she's also acting as the mouthpiece for the Brenda Campton philosophy of life because her whole thing and her whole speech to like Mrs. Beaker is why should we be sad when we are surrounded by people we love and that love us? And she kind of goes through with Miss Beaker how, like, you probably think we don't like you or that you're nosy or whatever, but look at all these times that you've helped us and how much we appreciate it. And we kind of get this, like, backtrack of, like, Mrs. Beaker through the seasons, like her helping Mary with the algebra, her adopting one of Happy's dogs, puppies, sorry, her being there at, like, what, the baby shower for Lucy? Like, there's a bunch of things, yeah. right? Well, th- oh, wait, no, that was, like, the baby shower, wasn't that? The baby sh- it was the baby shower for Anne. Annie, for Annie, but she went there because she was like, we have to look through all the cabinets <laughs> and their medicine, like, we have to see what's going on in that house. But yeah, like, all these things, like, she's been involved in, it's like, oh, we love you as a neighbor and you've been there for us and, like, why should we be upset when we're surrounded by all these people, like, and he's gonna be surrounded by all these people and all he wants to do is live his life and it's just all this stuff about, like, it's it, her, okay, so her, like, little speech is, we have a war going on inside of us and a war going on outside around us and all that matters is how we face it and if we have the right people around us to face it and yeah you know like like take a fucking like picture like it's like it's a cat it's a motivational poster in lucy so i mean i also think that they could have used this opportunity to draw the distinction between like a miscarriage versus like facing the, like, imminent death of a parent because they are very different because, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. 
there's the unexpected, like, oh, no, like, I thought I was going to have this child, and now it's lost, and that's, like, dealing, like, what, you know, what could have been, but, like, with the death of a parent, if you're, like, you know, it's, like, this is life, like, this is, people live until they die, and if the person has, like, an illness, or you know ahead of time, I don't know, facing it is, like, it's a little bit different, because this is how life is, and this is just, like, people deal with this, people's parents die during their lifetime, and, you know, and I think that they could have framed it in the way that, like, and I think this is maybe what they were trying to do, is, like, they all know that the Rev's, like, going to die soon, so, like, the whole point is, like, why am I going to get upset now when, like, we can enjoy the last, we know that it's coming, so, like, it's time to, like, really get our quality time in sort of thing, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't make it any easier that, like, you know it's going to happen, but um, there's no reason to get preemptively upset when it'll happen and it'll be sad then and you can deal with it then, but you might as well, you know, no point sitting around being like, oh, like upset about something that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, don't borrow sadness. But I also think this show did a horrible job of dealing with her miscarriage in the first place. So if it, when it's given the chance to retroactively fix that, it obviously won't take it. Yeah. Um, Well, I think you said like, you know, I I said something like whatever episode ago and I think you're 100% right. The whole, like, changing of the nursery into a guest room was supposed to be like, oh, everything's fixed now and she'll never think about it again and never, like, this won't ever come up again. And, like, well, like, she's, like, facing, like, two hard losses in, like, a very short time frame. So she probably would, like, this, it's it's very, like, likely or probable that, like, this would bring up some of those feelings again. Like, I can't believe this is happening to me again. I'm losing someone else now. Like, so, because, but, like, yeah, Yeah. that whole, like, oh, she's over it now because the nursery, like, they redecorated the nursery and removed, like, whatever they did, bought to prep for the babies. Um, I would like, we like to also note here that Kevin is not in this episode at all, which is, I think, the first time in a while, and it's because his character is supposed to be having the flu, but we're assuming George Stoltz is doing something else with his life for a second. Um, the last thing we're really going to talk about here is just finishing up, um... The airport story. I mean, yeah, so, I I guess... there's nothing really else to say about it. Yeah, somebody, I guess somebody, a different, well... No, it's... A different passenger, like, a passenger says something about, like, you know, the cop comes over, and he says he wants to take all of them back for questioning, and they're like, we're gonna miss our flight, and they're like, okay, whatever. So, I don't know, they all come back, and we don't see them ever, like, in an interrogation room or something, but they, they have these conversations when they come back to, like, the gate where they were waiting, and, like, the officers, oh, he's asking, he's like... Do you know Mary Camden? She was arrested at, you know, for, for, for like, trashing a gym. And, like, Lucy Camden was detained at the Buffalo Airport a few years ago. And, like, they wouldn't pull all this shit just because... And he also says, he was like, you were expressing some anti-American sentiment. And I'm like, you 100% cannot detain someone for speaking out against the United States of Especially America. Especially when it's a completely white family. Not on this land. <laughs> Well, like, no, but, like, the things... Well, I think they're referencing, like, the, um... Like, when when Ruthie's like, oh, this country sucks. Like, airports in... The airport in London was better. The airport in Scotland was better. So, like, that's not, like, I'm going... It's not, like, you know, I'm going to do something... Horrible, yeah. Like, yeah, to, like, hurt Americans. It's just, like, other countries do it better. I hate it here. And, like, 100%, there's nothing... If I want to do that in an airport or anywhere else... 
I can do you, it. And you were, uh, should not be, like, punished for it. Yeah. Well, like, it's actually mm-hmm. illegal to be, like, yeah. this thing. It's a constitution. Free speech. Yeah. So next time I go to the airport, I'm going to tell off uh, all the TSA workers. So those poor TSA workers. Um. Yeah. So... Uh, this kind of just co- goes back and forth with a bunch of, like, oh, like, they, why they get this inf- information? It's because Ruthie fucking talked her mouth off. It was like, I w- was told to tell the, to- tell the truth, so I told the whole truth. It's like, you're trolling, Ruthie. Shut up. And then... And then somehow this cop brings yeah. in his personal life with his fiance who's... Oh, he's, like, he's basically just saying, like, okay, you didn't do anything illegal. Everything, like, seems okay. He's like, but people are, affla- like, people are afraid to fly before September 11th. Now they're even more afraid to fly. So just, like, cool it because you're making people anxious. And, like, you know, nobody needs to be even more stressed than they need to when they're flying. And then he's like, talks about how his fiancé... He's a, like, is he, afraid? his fiance is afraid to fly, but no, she, no, no. Or, she's he's not, a, she's not afraid of flying. She's afraid of commitment. Oh, oh, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. That, this was kind of bullshit to tie that, like, yeah. He, you know, he's like, kind of like my fiance. The, yeah. He yeah. kind of suggests that yeah. she's afraid. And then he's like, she's afraid of commitment. And like, everybody's afraid of something. So I don't know <laughs> why, this I don't know why you're bringing this up now to tell this family that you're like people. Yeah. So, um, and she's flying to London that night. I guess it's supposed to be. No, she's flying to London on Thursday. Which no, is she was flying to London that night because she was there at the airport. Oh, yeah, and he's working on he's working. Yes, yes. He's working right. on yes. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so he's not going with... I think that was the yes. explanation for yes. why he's not going to London that with her. That is correct. But they've dated five years, and he wants to get married, and she doesn't want to get married, and... Because she's afraid that he's going to die in the line of fire as, yeah. a, as a NYPD officer. Right. Um, and so, so, the, so... So the Rev makes a big speech about how we shouldn't let any... Like, we shouldn't let... Basically, like, the terrorists win if you are afraid, if you live your life in fear, and everybody should go about their business and, like, as normal and try not to... It's kind of laughable. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's kind of laughable that the Rev makes a speech in New York, of all places, where, like, I don't know if this... No, because I feel like that's the whole... Like, that's New York's whole thing, is that we don't let... Or, like, they... New Yorkers don't let... I mean, that's a lie. No, but, like, no, but I mean, like, the whole, like, kind of... I mean, what I've I've seen portrayed in media and what I've seen portrayed in the news and the way that New Yorkers think of themselves and the city thinks of itself is that it it keeps on going in the face of all this shit. And so it's just it's funny to me that they're using the Rev as a kind of this like savior figure again in situations where he really doesn't need to be making like why is this random I mean, it's man? In a, it's in an airport though, so like you know, all the people came from all over the place. But why is this Whatever. random man making this random? Spe- you know what I mean? Like right. it, yeah, it's just like why this was on like because they needed to fill like some minutes in the episode, <laughs> and he's holding the Bible the whole time, and I was like, he, I guess he brings the Bible with him everywhere. So I was like, that's his reading material for the plane. I don't know. For some reason, he's giving this. It's not like like religiously motivated the speech, but he's holding the Bible the whole time, like. He's preaching the good word. Um, and then he doesn't marry. The, he does. The, oh, yeah. Then the, which is, like, not... It's not illegal. Like, they need to go get a marriage license at, like, City Hall. This, they're not... That's not a fit. Like, he didn't actually marry them because, like, unless somebody had already gotten the marriage license, which wouldn't... I don't think doesn't are. follow. Yeah. So, yeah, before this woman went to London, she got married and... That and that guy's gonna have to work on Thanksgiving. Um, so many marriage themed things happening in this like set of episodes, yeah. Um, so. but that's it. Oh, oh, 
I guess we, we should do one thing. Although Annie is very concerned about the Rev's heart rate, and that's why she's yelling at Ruthie about, like, trolling and stuff, she's not that concerned when they can cushion their new bed. Oh, oh, of course, that was, yeah, I said as soon as, so they walk in, they see the bed, they're very happy, and the Rev picks up, like, the remote, and I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna end in a scene yeah. of them, like, having sex, and then... It was like goes to commercial, comes back. They're talking in the bed, and then like the rev like does adjusts the bed with the remote, and you know it's like, okay, time to break in. I'm gonna christen the mattress, like. Ugh. And the episode ends with them going under the covers, and it says donated by Bedorama, and it fades to black. <laughs> which okay. Yeah. What? But do they do those places actually do that? Make a massive blanket that says donated by. No, I think that would not be. <laughs> The, the <laughs> amount of, t- like, the cost to make it versus the <laughs> amount of times you would actually use it um, is probably not. And also, I was thinking about it. Okay, it's the mattress. It's not the bed. It's like, a, well, I guess it is because the, the it is the whole bed. Yeah, yeah. Because it's got the remote thing. But mattresses are hella expensive. They're not just going to be like, oh, someone's dying. Let's, like, donate a bed to them. But again, as you said, because the Rev is, like, you know, like, basically Christ in, um, you know, Glen Oak. Yeah. yeah. Of course, they'll make, you know, donate like a couple thousand dollar bed to the Reverend Annie and deliver it and Set remove it the old and yeah. remove the old bed. Yeah. All within so, like a couple hours time. This all happens right. in the same day. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. What would you rate this episode? Uh, two. Mm, yeah. About the same as the last episode for me, too. Yeah. So it's a two. A little less. Yeah. Right. For you, but for me, it's about the same. So okay. it's two. Um, guys. So many things to show you in this episode. If you want to check out what a not not an airport looks like and what the adjustable or bed looks like. what not a terrorist looks like. <laughs> and what a bed looks like, a different bed, an adjustable bed. That kind of looks like a hospital bed, actually. Oh, and at the end of the day, the, oh, wait, just to, to wrap yeah. it up, we didn't talk about it. The food goes to, they donated oh, yeah. to like a dog pound animal shelter. And we get this stupid clip of all of the, like these dogs eating the food that the parishioners donated that T-Bone and Jane brought to... Instead of to, like, a homeless shelter or, like, right, like that's a soup pe- kitchen. That's people food. Or, like, a pantry or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, you can check all of that out. Uh, Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. We are at CamdenCast Show on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we have a new episodes up every Wednesday and Saturday for you to listen to. On Stitcher, you can search CamdenCast. On the iTunes Apple Podcast app. And on um, SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast. I'm Tammy. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. Where can you